0: Bernie Live. And welcome to Bobberty Live. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon. And I, of course, welcome our listeners in Columbus, Ohio on AM 880, WRFD, and uh, 104.5 FM. But we also have the privilege of welcoming our listeners in Tampa. On WTBN Faith Talk, while uh, Bill Bunkley is away from the microphone a few days, we have the privilege of uh, welcoming you as well. At the top of the hour, our uh, friends in Washington, D.C. will be joining us as well. Anyway, wherever you are listening, welcome, and wherever you are, my phone number is 877 Bob Live 877 877- Two, six, two, fifty, four, eighty-three. And, yes, it works anywhere in the uh, continental United States. Uh, Let me get a little inside baseball out of the way here in Ohio. Although, those of you in Florida, you will probably hear about this on your evening news, even though it's Ohio news. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has signed into law a controversial law that allows concealed carry without a permit, without any training. Uh, Basically, most Ohioans now can carry a a firearm without any training whatsoever and without a permit. Now, uh, the proponents are saying... Well, this is just withholding the Constitution right to bear arms. The opponents are saying, are you kidding me? These are deadly weapons, and there needs to be at least some training involved. Let me be honest with you. On most pieces of legislation, I have very strong feelings. I'm either for it or I'm against it. Uh, I, am, I am very seldom ambiguous. But I am on this law. I am a strong believer in the constitutional right for individual citizens to own guns. I am a strong believer in that. Strong believer. However, uh, things are not the way they Used to be, let me let me give you a, a personal illustration. I'm from Southern California. I'm a city kid, grew up in the L.A. area, but all of my family is from Missouri. Every summer, we would go back to my grandpa's farm in Missouri, and I would live on the farm. And uh, we, my grandpa used to love to take me to the to the DQ, the uh, Dairy Queen in Mount Vernon, Missouri. Well, you'd go down to the local Dairy Queen, and the parking lot would be filled with pickup trucks. It's farm country. Everybody had a pickup truck. And back in those days, most pickup trucks had a gun rack in the back window, and usually there would be one, two, three guns in the gun rack, and they were probably loaded. Uh, you take the family, hop in the pickup truck, go down to the Dairy Queen. You uh, walk in, get your ice cream, you leave the truck unlocked, the guns are in the back window. Can you imagine doing that today? Can you imagine? Now, it didn't happen in L.A. where I grew up, but in Missouri, during the school year, the school parking lot was filled with pickup trucks, kids driving their dad's pickup truck, or maybe their own, and there'd be a hunting rifle in the back window of the truck, Kid would go to school, leave the gun in the back window, and would go into school. And there weren't any school shootings back then. But here's what has changed: when I would stay at my grandpa's house there in Missouri, he had a gun rack. Uh, it was, I, I I could still see it. It was right off the dining room. He had a gun rack, had glass doors on it, and he had a whole bunch of guns in there. And I don't know whether they were loaded or not, but there was ammunition. There were bullets down below stored. There was no lock on the cabinet. There was no, you know, trigger lock on any of the guns. And I started going to my grandpa's farm when I was probably, I don't know, four years old, five years old, and continued going until uh, he passed away when I was, uh, let's see, I was like, uh, I don't know, 13 years old, I guess, when, when he died. But the first day that I was on my grandpa's farm, he knew I was a city kid. He knew I wasn't around guns. He got a .22 rifle out of the gun cabinet. He took me out behind the house, and we had a lesson on how to use a gun. How to use it, gun safety. He told me how to carry it, how not to carry it, what I should do, what I should never, 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 never do. He made it absolutely clear this was a deadly weapon, and if I didn't handle it correctly, somebody could be hurt, somebody could be killed. He taught me that as a little boy. And then we'd go out in the woods and we would shoot as a kid. Well, the same was true of all of those kids with a gun rack in the back of their window. All of those pickup trucks at the DQ. All of those kids, all of those adults were accustomed to be around, around guns. They had common sense and they were taught to respect weapons. It's not the way it is today. We are not raised, most of us, with guns. And while I absolutely believe in the constitutional right to bear arms, we live in a different culture. We live in a different society today. And it concerns me that people with no training— no gun knowledge whatsoever can now walk into a gun store in Ohio, buy a pistol, buy a weapon, whatever, have no idea how to load it, how to shoot it, how to handle it, and walk out the door, strap it around their waist or to their leg, and I I don't know. I am torn. I am conflicted on this. I really am. I am conflicted between the constitutional right to bear arms and the state and the condition of our culture and our society. I was never troubled by the requirement for training for concealed carry. That never bothered me. I personally, now many, many people did, I never personally thought that was a constitutional issue. If you wanted a gun, there were things you had to do. And if you did those things, you could get a gun. So uh, I don't know. Anyway, that is the law here in the state of Ohio. The proponents are rejoicing, the opponents are saying, we're all going to die. Uh, we'll see. Evidently, several other states have passed similar legislation, and they have not seen an increase in gun incidents. Anyway, that's here in Ohio. I'd love to hear from you if you have thoughts. 877-BOB-LIVE. This is Bob Birney Live. <laughs> this is such a bizarre story. I mean, this is just so weird, so bizarre. I am trying to interpret it correctly, and I hope I am. I have never pretended to be the brightest bulb in the candelabra. I'm not an expert on anything. Hey. I'm a Baptist preacher that does a talk show. But uh, I think I understand what's going on here. What am I talking about? Thank you for asking. Here's the headline. Big victory. Texas Supreme Court rules against abortion clinics in heartbeat law case. All right. Now, most of you are familiar with the heartbeat bill bill down in Texas, passed overwhelmingly by the legislature, signed into law by Governor Abbott, and immediately contested by Planned Parenthood, ACLU, other women's rights groups, and so forth. Uh, It has bounced back and forth in the courts. It finally made its way twice to the United States Supreme Court. And both times the Supreme Court, did not rule on the merits of the law, but whether the state of Texas could enforce it. And both times, the United States Supreme Court said, hey, uh, we're not going to touch this. It needs to go through the courts before it gets back to us and so forth. So the Supreme Court refused to overrule it or rule it unconstitutional. The Biden administration, which is the most pro-abortion administration in U.S. history, absolutely radical when it comes to the killing of innocent unborn babies. The president said, I have instructed the Justice Department to pull the full, the full weight of the United States government against this terrible law in Texas, which saves lives, yeah, all right, we won't go any further into that. So you would think that Planned Parenthood and others would just say, okay, well, we're just going to have to wait. And no, 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 no. So they went, and, and this is what I'm trying to figure out. And it's very, very confusing. And I think I have it figured out. They went... Planned Parenthood and many of the abortion facilities in Texas went to the Texas Supreme Court. And are you ready for this? They demanded that the Texas Medical Board, the Texas Board of Nursing, the Texas Board of Pharmacy, and the Texas Health and Human Services Commission enforce the law. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're opposed to the law. Uh, yes, correct. So why would they go to the Texas Supreme Court to try to force these four state boards to enforce a law that they oppose? Well, because according to the law, and this is why the Texas heartbeat bill is in effect today, and none of the other heartbeat bills that have passed all across America, why none of them are. Because the enforcement is not up to the state, but to individuals. That's what sets the Texas heartbeat bill apart from all of the other heartbeat bills. In all the other heartbeat bills, the state where the bill has been passed, the state has to enforce the law. Not in Texas. It's individuals who would bring a court case against an abortionist and so forth. So Planned Parenthood thought, hmm, if we could force the state agencies to enforce this law, then we can get it blocked like all of those other states have had their heartbeat bills blocked because then the government of the state of Texas would be involved. Are you thoroughly confused? Yeah, well, I was too. It was a weird, bizarre, backdoor, around-the-bush way to overturn the law or to at least block it from being enforced. Well, the Texas Supreme Court did not take the bait. They voted 9-0. to zero. A unanimous decision. And they said this in part We conclude that Texas law does not authorize the state agency executives to enforce the Act's requirements, either directly or indirectly. The law's text says it may be enforced by a private civil action, that no state official may bring or participate as a party in any such action that such an action is the exclusive means to enforce the requirements and that these restrictions apply notwithstanding to any other law. Based on these provisions, we conclude that Texas law does not grant the state agency executives named as defendants in this case any authority to enforce the act's requirements either directly or indirectly. Now that's one of the weirdest, most bizarre legal maneuvers that I think I've ever seen. Trying to force the state of Texas, state agencies within the state of Texas, to enforce a law that they want overturned. Well, it, it, it didn't work. It did not work. And again, it's kind of unusual for any court, particularly a Supreme Court, to uh, rule on something unanimously, but they did nine to zero. So the heartbeat bill in Texas has once again been upheld. And what's the bottom line? Babies are being saved from abortion. Uh, By the way, other states are now beginning to follow the lead of Texas. Yeah, Idaho just passed a law very similar to the Texas heartbeat bill. It has now gone through the House of Representatives in Idaho and the Senate and is on the desk of Republican Governor Brad Little's desk And it looks like he's going to sign it as well. Yes, there is good news. All right, we'll be back.